The cannabis industry is growing almost as fast as the cannabis and hemp being planted and harvested. Where, when, and how fast will the cannabis and hemp industries continue to climb? Who will be the people leading the charge into that promised land of profit? Let's pursue those answers and more with The Plant Profits, powered by Protus Global. Welcome to Plant Profits, powered by Protus Global, a people solutions business. Thanks for joining me today. I am your host, Vern Davis. Real excited to have this next guest uh, on board with us. Uh, Our next guest has had more than 30 years of experience in the beverage industry. Uh, Jack Jack Belcito is his name. Uh, Jack and I have known each other for several years. Jack is the former group CEO of Voss of Norway uh, in the water business. Prior to that, he was the founder and CEO of JLB and company, an investing and advising firm that worked specifically in the beverage industry. He has 35 years plus experience in the, in the consumer products industry. Jack was also CEO of the Snapple Beverage Group, president of Mott's USA, president of RC Cola, he led and headed as president of the Snapple Distributing Company, extensive background, and uh, welcome, Jack. How are you doing today? I'm doing well, Vern. Thank you very much. Absolutely. Well, as I said, I'm really happy that you were able to, uh, to join me today. Uh, you and I have known each other for a long time, which is kind of interesting, Um in, in the executive search business, I get a chance to talk to a lot of executives, and, and, and most of that begins with a phone relationship. And, and Jack, I was just looking at our relationship. It, is half, it has to be 15 years um, of, of phone conversations, and, and, and uh, we finally met last fall in Boston, and we'll talk about that. But uh, Jack always took my call. And uh, that, that was very, uh, very cool. And uh, we finally, finally met uh, in Boston last year. We actually happened to share uh, a hotel when we were in Boston. We ended up going to the same place and we had a little breakfast and finally met after, you know, 14 years of knowing each other, which is kind of crazy. What do you think about that, Jack? Well, I think that was more serendipitous than anything else, right? We didn't know we were going to be in the same hotel, and then and then we were there. We we share a, a fondness for Boston College football. Um, right. You you a little bit more um, than me, <laughs> just a little bit, um, yeah. but 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 uh, a little bit more connected there. Um, but yeah, that was uh, actually a chance and 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 good meeting and a great opportunity to. To actually put a face with a name for it, and we hadn't actually seen each other. I could see you on, you know, what you looked like, but um, yeah. on screen with uh, with all their access now to, to to that type of information online. But it was great to uh, actually sit down with you personally and um, and talk about a whole bunch of stuff. I think that day, and we've had a relationship for a long time, and um, it took uh, a number of years before we actually engaged in any business with Protus, but then we did that as well. So, um, yeah. you know, I can be counted as a client as well, but, uh, <laughs> but I would say more so a friend. No, absolutely. Absolutely. It was very, very, very good. Very good that we met. And, but I don't know if you remember, we almost met back in 2006. 
we almost met. You invited me to come to New York when you were receiving the Frederick Douglass Award. When you were, uh, you were with the Allen Houston Foundation of Entrepreneur Mentorship Program and you were receiving the award and I almost was able to come to New York and meet you and see you get that award. Do you remember that? I, I certainly remember getting the award. Um, you know, I know I invited a few people. It was, uh, it was a great night. Um, yeah. I also hosted the following year and was able to give that award. I, I gave away the awards the following year. Um, and the award I gave the following year was to Bud Selig, the commissioner of baseball. And uh, as I was giving him that award, I said, you had my dream job. And I wanted that someday. <laughs> and he, he just looked at me and kind of laughed just like that, Vern. So <laughs> no, <laughs> but that was, uh, it was quite a night and uh, an honor that I'm, uh, I'm very proud of. No, that's, man, that's very good. Uh, it, it, it's, but that just goes to, to show what you've done. Now, here's a, a young man that grew up in, in Worcester, Mass. How did you get to where you were a mentor in the Allen Houston Foundation? How, how did you get to there and why? Again, that was, that was serendipitous. I, I, when I was um, consulting for a few years, um, I met a few people, I think, in one of the um, associations, and I can't actually recall um, exactly where I met this gentleman, but his wife was head of the mentorship program. And we got to talking and we got to know each other a little bit. He said, you know, I'd love you to meet my wife. Um, she runs this mentorship program with Alan Houston. Mm -hmm. Obviously, I'm a big sports fan. I knew who Alan Houston was. I knew, I knew that he had been doing a tremendous amount of work, especially in and around Harlem. Um, I had a connection to, to, to the Harlem Chamber of Commerce. We had become friends and over the years. Um, and that, that had a lot to do with the, the things that we did at, Sna at Snapple. We were really engaged in the city of New York in all aspects of it. Mm -hmm. So one thing sort of led to another, to another. And um, I met this woman um, who was running that program at the time. Um, she asked me if I would do it. And uh, I did it. And it was great fun. I did it for a couple of years. Um, my mentee was a young kid uh, from Brooklyn um, who was in high school at the time, ended up going to college, and uh, he was um, going to introduce a jerk, 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 Jamaican jerk sauce. Um, oh, if, I nice. have that, if I have that right, hot sauce. Yeah, his dad yeah. owned a, a deli in Brooklyn, and um, really, really nice kid. We had a, a great time and um, got to meet Alan Houston during that, and it sure. was just fun. Um, I haven't done it since then. It, it reminds me that I probably should, should try to do something like that again. It was a great reward. I had the time at the time, you know, because I really wasn't, I was consulting. Um, and it was a little bit easier for me to apply myself fully to that. I, I wouldn't do anything unless you could do something like that. So it was great fun, actually. That's great. Do you have a chance to keep up with that young man and his father? The time allow you to I, get that done? I, I did for a few years and then we haven't. Mm -hmm. It's been a while it's been a while now, obviously. Um but he went out to college. Uh, I had great faith that he was gonna be very successful. I haven't <laughs> checked in with him, but maybe I should. Um <laughs> and uh maybe I should re engage in that mentorship program which was which was a lot of fun. Yeah. No, that's great, man. so you went you attended Boston University. 
you're a huge sports fan. You're involved with Boston U uh, in a very unique way in sports. Why don't you tell the audience about that? Um, yeah, I've been on the athletic director's council there. I think it's been about 10 years now. Um, I, I am very fond of my alma mater. I think it's a great place, uh, a great school, a great option for many, many, many kids. Um, has a great deal to offer in, in, you know, diversity and complexity and international sort of opportunity. So um, it takes a lot of boxes for, for young kids these days. So I, for me, it's a way to give back. I'm very close to the basketball coach, Joe Jones, um, mm -hmm. who's a great guy. Um, very proud of our athletic program. We graduate, you know, a high 90% of our kids. We tend, tend to lead the, the league. We're part of the Patriot, Patriot League in um, – Everything but hockey, where we're part of Hockey East. So the Patriot League is just a high-quality academic um, league with uh, right. playing high-level Division One athletics. You know, with with schools like Army and Navy and Bucknell in there. It's a great place for BU to be. So it's um it's a very easy affiliation for me because I'm a fan of the school. I'm a fan of the athletic program, and I'm a fan of Joe Jones and. And, and right. the players there, as, as well as Drew Maricello, who's the, who's the AD. They're all great people um, with their hearts in the right place for educating yeah. young student-athletes. That, um, that is amazing that, uh, you know, you've, you've kept involved for so long with your, with your alma mater. I think that's great, and sports has been the key uh, to that. It's something I'm learning a little bit about now since my son's been at BC for a couple of years is this, this hockey bean pot thing that that's, that's, that's off the chain. And that is, that's crazy. Yeah. The bean pot has tremendous tradition. Um, proud to say BU owns the most bean pot championships over the years, but it's the same four teams every year. Yeah. Um, it's played um, uh, in the same time, February slot every year. Um, <laughs> the four college teams sell out the Boston Garden every year for, for two Monday nights in a row. And um, it's great, great fun, Harvard, Northeastern, BU, and BC. And of course, the BC BU rivalry is beyond the, beyond the, <laughs> beyond the realm. Um, and both of them, both of those schools play high level hockey, as do those other two schools as well. So it's great. It's great hockey, great fun, um, and tremendous tradition. And well, it gives right. me a lot of, lot of ammo inside of my uh, house with my wife, who's a BC grad, and my two daughters, who are BC grads. So uh, I, yeah. I like the fact that we beat BC, which we did this year. So yeah, Okay. I, I thought I'd give you that. Give you an opportunity mm -hmm. to talk about that. I love your wife, though. Mayor Ben, well, I we love can't play, I, we can't. We can't <laughs> We can't play you in football, so because uh, we don't play football anymore. So it's our only chance to beat BC. So you won't play us in basketball because you're scared of us. Oh so. my God! <laughs> Here we go. Unbelievable, man! Unbelievable. Look, I tell you what, we're going to take a break, and we're going to continue our discussions with Jack Belcito with First Beverage Ventures. Uh, Jack is, um, we're going to, we're going to dive into CPG and how you got there and, and move into uh, what you're doing today. And when we come back from this break, thank you. Stay with us. Plant profits will return. So our sponsors can profit from these messages. The 2020 Benzinga Cannabis Capital Conference in Miami, February 24th and 25th. 
is the premier gathering of cannabis entrepreneurs and investors in North America. No other conference offers the level of access and seamlessness of interaction between entrepreneurs building future billion-dollar cannabis enterprises and the investors whose capital will make that happen. CannabisRadio.com welcomes listeners to register for the event for 30% off using promo code CannabisRadio at BenzingaCannabisConference.com. The 2020 Benzinga Cannabis Capital Conference in Miami, February 24th and 25th. Register now for 30% off using promo code CannabisRadio at BenzingaCannabisConference.com. Doc Rob, the concierge for better living. My guests say, Razzie Berry, we're talking about nature, naturopathic medicine, as well as the concept of prevention and preventing disease. Empower people to live a naturopathic lifestyle, get to know your body, understand its rhythms, remove toxins, and use natural alternatives whenever possible. 90 to 95% of cancers are due to environment and lifestyle risk factors. That's a huge number. That means that cancer is preventable. The Concierge for Better Living with Doc Rob. Only on CannabisRadio.com. Get paid for your opinions about cannabis. Cannabis Insight Collective pays you when you provide your opinions. It's as easy as one, two, three. One, sign up and answer a quick survey that tells us a little about you. Two, get connected and we'll reach out when there's a good match for you to participate in. Three, inspire and be rewarded. Your opinion matters, so share your opinion with us and receive a reward for your thoughts. Help elevate your favorite brands in the cannabis industry with your input by going to CannabisInsightCollective.com. The Plant Profits are back to lead the pursuit of the promised land of plant profit. Only on CannabisRadio.com. Welcome back. We're back from our break. I'm Vern Davis, your host of Plant Profits, and Plant Profits is powered by Produce Global, a people solutions business. And we're here with our guest, Jack Belsito. He's roughed me up a little bit about BC, BU, and hockey, and that's okay. But Jack is the managing partner at First Beverage Ventures. And, and uh, Jack, how did you get into consumer products and beverage? How did that all happen for you? Yeah, that actually links back to BU. Um, I uh, was recruited on cam- off campus uh, by Procter and Gamble um, mm-hmm. in 1982, and was lucky enough to secure one of the I don't know four or five roles they offered to uh, uh, the you know group of New England schools. Mm-hmm. Um, and I moved to New Jersey um, uh, right after school, uh, actually in okay. September of, of that year. And started my career with Procter and Gamble, um, selling uh, paper products at the time in New Jersey. Mm-hmm. I spent a couple of years in New Jersey. Was promoted to their food division in Buffalo, and so spent a year in Buffalo mm. um, and with Procter. Um, tough duty, tough got, duty, Buffalo. Yeah, that was um, that was actually a great experience, um, only because the people from Buffalo are just fantastic and. Mm-hmm. Very livable city. The snow was rough, but I'm from New England, so I got I was pretty used to that. Uh, but mostly, very very fond memories of of Buffalo, and have friends today from from that experience. Um, still, um, and from there, I was recruited um, by Pepsi Cola. Um, uh, they were, you know, the, the Procter and Gamble guys at the time, like Gallo Wine, a few other places, were really um, renowned for the, the training that we underwent. It was 
fantastic and significant. And I still use some of the things that I was taught those first few weeks with Proctor. Um, the way I write, the way I write memos, the way I think about, you know, selling or my mm-hmm. coach, um, all of that is, is, uh, rooted in those first couple of years of experience. Um, when I went to Pepsi Cola, um, I spent three years there, was fortunate to be a promoter a few times, ended up in Columbus, Ohio, mm-hmm. um, as a region manager for Pepsi. Um, so you got into soft son. drinks. Yeah. yeah, I got into soft drink business, and um, that's where my son was born. So it's a very fond area, uh, fond memory forest. There, we're only in Columbus for a year, um, and this company called Cadbury Schweppes was was uh, starting to design a long term interest in in buying beverage brands, and was looking at you know all of the beverage companies as well as players like Procter um, mm-hmm. to try to recruit a, a new team and. Um, I came in with about 15 or 20 other people that were part of uh, their effort to really upgrade uh, across their system uh, by hiring people with, with backgrounds from place, places like I mentioned, Gallo and Procter and Pepsi. Mm-hmm. Um, so I uh, I joined them as the New England region manager. Um, and that was after about three years with, uh, with Pepsi. And then uh, my career there was really the, the next 20 years. So all those jobs you mentioned earlier were yeah. all <laughs> with with Cadbury, um, I was very fortunate there. I was taught many, many great lessons. Uh, Mm -hmm. Most importantly, that you could be a great leader, be a tough businessman, and you could be Mm -hmm. a good person, right? Those things weren't mutually exclusive. Cadbury taught me how to take Mm -hmm. the high road every time. They Mm -hmm. they never compromised. They never, they never, um, they never took the easy way out. They always did the right thing. And it was a great lesson for me. I was young. I was the, the youngest person pretty much, you know, in the executive group and sometimes as much as a, gen- as a generation younger. Okay. So those, those, those moments left great impressions on me um, and have, you know, sort of uh, informed my style ever since. Sure. A- anyone you'd like to just single out as, as, as someone that, that was your mentor over those couple decades? Yeah, I would say there's a few people who, who stick yeah. out um, in my mind. Jim Schott was the architect of basically the consolidation, the company that's currently carried Dr. Pepper, you know, okay. which is the third soft drink player, was Jim's vision, you yeah. know, integrating um, a bunch of bottling uh, brands that Coke and Pepsi were not interested in, um, and then integrating them with a bottling system to, be, to compete as the third competitor in what is a dynamic industry. Um, that was Jim's vision, um, and uh, he laid the foundation for that. And Cadbury went on and executed that. I spent a lot of time executing that plan over the over the twenty years. So Jim sticks out. Um, he later went on to to run Reader's Digest, and just a great guy. Um, and a couple other names uh, stick out: Bob Zapatel, who was the president who actually recruited me, and my first boss there, Ken Walsh. Um, and all all three of those people taught me how to behave in a particular way and how to be a leader and, um, and, and reminded me that, you know, being strong in business Mm -hmm. and strong, you know, ethically were things that could coincide. Yeah, that's, that's good. I mean, we all had our mentors. I, you know, you talked about your, your start in Procter and Gamble and, I started out in a company you may be familiar with back in the day. It was 1984 is when I got my start, and it was with Beecham Products. 
um, based out of Pittsburgh and Beecham, every leader, CEO through, you know, first line leaders were all PNG guys, all PNG. And it was almost like PNG. These guys just made a decision to leave PNG and start a business. It was, it was amazing. I, I had some of the best training. I learned so much. PNG is just, PNG has trained a lot of CPG folks over the years, a lot of CPG folks over the years, you know, that have benefited in other industries and other businesses. And, and um, being a mentor is, is uh, it's been very important to learn from folks like that. So I totally can align with that. I totally can align with that. So your journey through, um, you know, all these beverage companies and these beverage businesses. And, and, and let's, let's, let's talk about, you know, uh, the things you did at Cadbury. Uh, what, what was some of the, the big challenges that, that you faced that you believe taught you, I mean, just in the business that's taught you how to navigate uh, from that point forward in many, many different avenues? I would say the experience at Cadbury um, in dealing with, you know, the two behemoths of, that were larger businesses um, yeah. that were our primary competitors. They were also our customers, both Pepsi sure. and Coke. Um, so they, they, we both competed with them in the market and they also distributed some of our brands. So that was an intricate relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, and each of those players had way more resource than we did. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was probably the biggest challenge and it taught me, you know, that we had to be better recruiters. We had to have people mm-hmm. that could be multidimensional. We had to have people that could do more with less, um, mm-hmm. and, um, and weren't necessarily specialists, but, you know, could, could, uh, you know, could be generalists because we would, you know, we'd have one for every 10 or 20 of the other guys. Uh, so mm-hmm. you, you know, we often used to say that we have to be 10 times better. We got to hire people who are 10 X better. And so that, that taught me a lot about, um, staffing and looking for the right type of people and the right type of dimension and people that, you know, mm-hmm. um, aren't, aren't looking for the easy way, but are actually more, more, um, more interested in the challenge. Mm. Yeah, that, that is so true. Now, did you find yourself trying to hire people just like you because obviously there's something about, you know, the emerging profile that you fit because you've, you've, you've always in your, even to this day, obviously you're, you're involved with, with emerging uh, type companies and relationships and scenarios. I, I would hate to say I would, was looking for people just like me <laughs> um, because that would be frightful. Um, and that would be, that would be, that would be the opposite of the truth. We look for people depending on the circumstance, right? You're in the, you're in the business. So you understand many different circumstances. I think there's a core of what you said, Vern, I would agree with in that, you know, we look for people who had strong ethical and moral background who checked out, you know, in, in regard as individuals in their communities. Um, but in terms of, what they might have bring as a skill set, um, yeah. and what they what they might um, have a specialty in, while also being good at other things, 
in those areas, we're looking for complementary, you know, for complementary skills. So um, sure. I tried, especially when building teams like at Snapple and Voss, um, I tried to have our, our you know, uh, the players around me um, be uh, strong individuals who had something to say, who also brought something to the party that I didn't. Um, and I was always willing to listen to that. And, um, and I, I certainly didn't want people, you know, around me who were just going to agree with me. That would be the worst thing. So I, I can't say it's people like me in, in that right. regard. I, I would say we share a core system of values and those things were important. And those, those, those translated from discipline and skill and company over time to be the same things. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Jack, I tell you, that's fascinating. Uh, we're going to take a break, and we're going to come back, and we're going to dive into the first beverage. And uh, really, I really want the audience to really get a feel for why you're there, what you're doing, what you're looking to do, and some some real exciting uh, investments that you just made a couple months ago. So we're we're looking forward to hearing hearing about that. We'll continue our discussions with Jack Belsito with First Beverage Ventures when we come back from a short break. Stay with us, please. Thank you. Plant Profits will return so our sponsors can profit from these messages. Hey, take a look at this. They're selling smart pots. (laughs) They have pot that can make you smart? Where is it? Not that kind of pot. Smart pots are the best aeration container to grow your plants. Check this out. This is the original fabric container for faster producing, healthier plants. They're made with a superior fabric that delivers high yields. Plus, smart pots are reusable and sustainable, so you can use them over and over again, no matter if you use them indoor or outdoor. That's very smart, but how good are they for the environment? Smart pots are BPA-free and lead-free, so you'll always be able to ensure a pure, clean grow, and they're 100% made in the U.S. Over 28 million smart pots have already been sold, so it seems like a smart investment. Look for smart pots in close to 2,000 garden centers throughout North America and ask for the original fabric container. Find a store near you or order yours online at smartpots.com. Dazed and infused. Join sugar industry expert Latham Woodward for a happier hour each week for a lively and often hilarious discussion on the infusion of cannabis into food, beverages, and life. Explore exciting new culinary landscape trends with fascinating friends and guests who are leading the industry into the uncharted mainstream. Discover curated menus, enhanced cocktails, and live tastings. Life's a little sweeter here on Dazed and Infused. Elevate your every day with that Shuggies feeling, with the sweet taste of Shuggies. Add a cup of Shuggies to your morning coffee. Ah, how sweet it is. Shuggies infuses cannabis and cane sugar to make it the perfect sweetener with benefits. Make your happy hour happier with a dunk of Shuggies in your drink. Order your Shuggies now at s-h-o-o-g-i-e-s dot com or find it in dispensaries throughout California. Whenever you crave a little sweet, pick up Shuggies, the sweet, sweet, take-anywhere treat. The Plant Profits are back to lead the pursuit of the promised land of plant profit. Only on CannabisRadio.com. Welcome back. We're here with Jack Belsito, the managing partner at First Beverage Ventures. I'm Vern Davis, your host of Plant Profits and Plant Profits 
is powered by Protus Global, a people solutions business. Jack, been great chatting with you today. Now we're going to really get into First Beverage Ventures. So tell us how you got it, what that is, and how you got involved. Yeah, so First Beverage is a private equity firm located in Los Angeles, um, run and founded by a gentleman by the name of Bill Anderson. Um, Bill's well known in the industry as family um, owned beer distributorships and, and uh, in, in California as well as the Caribbean and Hawaii. And um, his family also owns other interests as well. Um, and I've known Bill, I spoke at a couple of his conferences and um, uh, over the years. And so we, we got, you know, friendly um, and, and sort of knew each other. And I certainly respected him and what he was doing with his company. Um, I had spent eight years at Voss and uh, we sold that company, the majority of that, to um, a company out of China called Rainwood in, in, um, a couple of years ago. And um, I, I sort of left after that point. My, my, my time was pretty much up there after that sale. And when I announced my, um, my exit, my, my note went out you know, to, the, to the industry publications. The very first guy that called me was Bill Anderson. And he said, Hey, I'd, I'd love to talk. I'd love to figure out a way to work with you. So I told him, well, you're first bill. And that's for sure. Um, but, uh, it took me a while. I spent a lot of time thinking about what I wanted to do. Um, I interviewed some things that were outside the industry and thought about a bunch of things. And I was fortunate that, um, you know, I, I, I got to sort of choose from a couple of different options and I, I could sort of choose, could choose, you know, I'm very fortunate that I could choose who I could work, who I work with. And that's very important to me at this stage of my career. Um, and Bill um, is not only a great guy, but a great businessman with an incredible reputation. So it was, um, it was, it would seem like a natural to, to next step in my career to take sort of the skill set that I have and be able to apply it um, to more companies. It's a lot of, what we talked about before, Vern, a lot of mentoring of young executives. We 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 um, invested in early stage companies, so there's a lot of hands-on uh, play and and developing brands and developing teams and understanding different routes to market and a variety of things. I've I've actually had experience in beverages. Is a direct application to these portfolio companies, and so. Um, so you're not like just giving match. them money. So you're not just giving no. these guys money. You're you're it, really involved. That let's talk about the difference in in that. I think that's important characteristic of first beverage. Yeah, we're a very engaged. I'm sorry, engaged uh, investor. We're not for everybody because of that engagement. Mm-hmm. Uh, not everybody needs us, right? So when we're looking for um, our investments, um, we're obviously judging the proposition and the brand and you know, the space, the category, but we're also really spending a lot of time thinking about the founder and the player who's in the, in the driver's seat of those companies. Um, and we're looking for what we would consider a behavioral match, you know, someone that shares our thinking about how to approach building a team, and you know, timelines that are similar and somebody that we know we can have a, um, uh, an ongoing dialogue where we can have a certain amount of influence. We're minority investors in capital, but we're majority, we're majority players in strategy. And so that's how we, we think about it. Um, we like to align the capital strategy with the operating strategy. We think sort of we're differentiated because of our operational experience, as sure. well as, you know, as well as we have the base private equity experience. So when you, when you, when you get a partner like us, you get a flat, incredibly talented organization that 
um, covers all the bases from everything you're going to need from figuring out how to finance to, you know, whether or not, um, you know, that's the right supply chain decision or is that the right individual that we're going to now hire in marketing? So it it's, covers the span right. of that expertise. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I think that's what differentiates us. Uh, that's a real benefit. I, you know, I run into so many companies that just don't have any guidance. They have the bones, but they just, they need more input ongoing more than they could ever imagine. And I think that's great. So you guys just invested and you led this um, investment into Matt Tasty, this hemp infused sparkling water that is associated with One Republic's, the band's Ryan Tedder. So tell me, what made that an attractive event for you? Yeah, it's an interesting coalition. Um, with First Beverage had been working and discussing with a, um, with a group called Interscope Records. Um, mm-hmm. You might know mm-hmm. Interscope's a, you know, a strong record label. And um, we had developed a relationship prior to our meeting Ryan Tedder, and we had discussed you know, variety of different types of things that we may do together. And they actually brought us this idea. They brought Ryan into our office one day and they said, you know, we have a couple of labels and a couple of ideas. Um, and one of them um, was an idea to launch a CBD sparkling water. They didn't have the name that currently is that name, Mad Tasty. They had, they had two names. They had a different idea for Mad Tasty. And we immediately thought that is the CBD brand for sure. Um, okay. So we convinced them quickly to to <laughs> change the name of their proposition. And ever since then, we would have been sort of mentoring them. Um, we spent about six months getting to know them. And that's not uncommon with how we we handle things. Um, and over that time frame, um, I developed a great fondness for Ryan Tedder, um, yeah. who, yes, is a rock star. Yes, is on television, has his own TV show. Um, but he is a grounded, down-to-earth businessman at heart. Um, son of a pastor, graduate of Oral, Oral Roberts, just a, a, a complete dichotomy of what you'd think it might be, uh, might be uh, engaging with someone so famous. Um, yeah. And so that fondness has grown into, you know, a relationship and, and a partnership. Um, as I said to you before, we spent a lot of time thinking about the players. We thought this guy was very backable. Um, he's incredibly knowledgeable in the space. Mm-hmm. And he's proven so far to be a terrific partner. Um, we've launched the business. Uh, it's about to enter its third market, Colorado. It's currently being marketed in Texas and, and Southern Cal. Um, among independent, you know, and small retailers who are willing to take the risk in CBD right now. Um, and it's gone great. We've gotten incredible reception. Um, we have what we think is a winning formula between ourselves, the ability for Interscope Records to introduce us to, you know, great concert venues and arenas and options and all sorts of other talent. Um, and then Ryan, who has proven to be, you know, a terrific partner. So um, we're really, really excited about it. Well, that, the I, brand, the players in the space. That is great. Now, that is great that you found the right partner, the right brand, the right concept, man. Uh Ryan Tedder is going to do great uh, from the perspective of touching the consumer with the product. I think that that's a great marriage. And uh, again, he is and his brand are lucky that they, they ran into you guys and that you're going to, you're going to work with them the way you are. Look, we're running out of time here. We've had this, this wonderful discussion, 
I wanna want you to just give the audience here some insight about what you think is the final thought, the most important thing you'd like to leave with us uh, today. Oh boy, Vern, that's a great question. Um, I, I, you know, what's important to me might not be important to your audience. Um, I would tell them, you know, if they're entrepreneurs, if there are entrepreneurs in the space, I would say, um, you know, trust your instinct and and keep the faith. Those are the things I would say most because it's hard. <laughs> it's building hard. beverage building beverage brands are are really difficult. Um, and um, for those that are all in and, and are willing to commit, you know, basically the lion's share of their life and time to it, those are the players that are going to win. Um, I would ask people to, you know, be balanced in what they think. Make sure they, if they have a family, make sure they, they think about them and keep them balanced as well. Um, if they don't, you know, they have friends or someone that, that outside of their work that they uh, make sure they engage with. So those are the things I think that are important. Jack, thank you. That was a great message. and. All entrepreneurs need to hear that message. You all can follow Jack on Twitter at Jack Belcito and on Facebook, Jack.Belcito. Belcito is spelled B-E-L-S-I-T-O. Uh, website, firstbeverage.com. Please check them out. Check them out. They're doing some great things uh, in the beverage community, and I think it's very awesome. And thank you, Jack, for being here. Thank you all for joining us. You can download episodes of Plant Profits by going to CannabisRadio.com or subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spreaker, Spotify, wherever you listen to all your cool um, podcasts. Check us out there. iHeartRadio is another place you can go. You can also follow Produce Global through our social networks, including LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook. We're everywhere on the social media Protus Global is a people solutions business. Finally, learn more about how we're building companies and how we're changing lives at Protus Global. That's protusglobal.com, P-R-O-T-I-S global.com. Until next time, I'm Vern Davis, your host of Plant Profits. Cheers. expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited.